handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Derek Larger, Cody Felger with you as always. So today, uh, we're going to break down the 2021 NFL draft picks for the Indianapolis Colts and give our least favorite to most favorite. We kind of did this with the off-season uh, pickups that we had, the guys that were brought back, people were new and onto the team. We did that before. So Cody wanted to say, well, let's do it with the draft picks. So we're going to make it its own separate video. So Cody, we'll have you start off here. Okay. Uh, the seven players that the Colts drafted in, in this draft, which one was your least favorite? <laughs> Well, uh, we'll start off right the bat with controversy. Um, maybe it's controversy. I don't know. I just think Sam Ellinger, at, for me, is the least favorite. Uh, I understand why the Colts picked him. Like I, I get the logic. I just think overall, not really impressed with Sam Ellinger as a, a quarterback, um, and especially there in the sixth round where I felt like maybe you could have addressed other positions that are more of maybe an immediate need or maybe in more need of depth. You'll have to go quarterback here. It was a bit of a surprise. Now, not, not to say I hate this pick. I don't think there's any of these picks we can outright just say we hate because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with these picks. But I think if I'm choosing the least favorite, it probably was Ellinger just for those reasons that I said. Uh, but, you know, there is good in this pick, like we've like we've said, right? It adds competition to the backup quarterback position with Jacob Eason. It makes him have to compete and get better as well. So, uh, but – Overall, um, looking at all these seven guys, he's probably number seven for me. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> I understand why you would say that because, you know, especially for when it comes to immediate need, right? Sam Ellinger mm-hmm. most likely may not ever play for Indianapolis. It really just depends on how stretched thin the Colts get at quarterback. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he's the backup to Carson Wentz when he leaves at some point. I don't know, but, you know, Obviously, Sam Ellinger, not much of an impact right away unless something drastic happens. Um, I'm going to go with the one that I think is the uh, – it's not necessarily controversial, but um, I'm going to go with Mike Strawn, wide receiver out of Charleston. The reason why I ultimately say that is because I honestly don't believe Strawn's going to get any real play time here, at least not right now. Um, I think he certainly has potential to do that, but when it comes to everything else, I know he's six, five, I know he can run. I know he's a great athlete, but you know, I I just don't really like the seventh round wide receiver of a division two school. I just, I know that obviously Ballard and the crew picked him because they fell in love with him somehow. But you know, when it comes to these late wide receivers, uh, Colts really don't do a great job of getting a, a bunch of those. We've seen a few of the guys who we draft fifth round or later end up really not doing much, you know. So ultimately, I'm not sure about that pick. Honestly, just for me, it's just the biggest one where I just don't see 
the reasoning for it. I understand why you would get him, but I just really don't have a reason for him. Mm-hmm. But let's go to the next one here. Second from the bottom here. After Sam Ellinger for you, who is your second least favorite? Probably Sean Davis, honestly, because your safety room is already crowded. I get he's a big hitter and all that stuff, but I just don't know if there's necessarily a major, major need, especially with you know the other Sean Davis that you signed. You have George Odom back. So really, what is his role? Is it more of just a special teams guy? You know, Are you going to ro- try to keep that many safeties on the roster? Um, I just wasn't a gr- huge fan of this pick, I guess, in the fifth round. Um, when I felt like maybe corner was more of a pressing need than safety at that point. But I get it. It was probably best play- player available at that point, and they felt like Sean Davis could help them out on special teams right away. But not really super overly impressed with Sean Davis um, just as a player. Um, I like He has a lot of things I do like, but I just think for those reasons, that's probably why he's number six for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with you as well. Sean Davis here at number six. I mean, ultimately, you said it exactly. Like, the safety room's already been crowded. Colts have signed a couple different safeties already. Ironically enough, already signed to Sean Davis earlier in the offseason. So it would be unhealthy for my mental health to be able to uh, try to remember which Sean Davis is which at uh, throughout this offseason. But, you know, like you said, it, what's his role going to be? I really don't know. I know they said, oh, he's a, he's a hard hitter. He's aggressive. And we love that about him. But, you know... There are multiple times where, you know, he takes bad angles and obviously he's going to be a depth piece of anything on at the safety position. And, you know, seems like special teams is going to be the forte for this guy. But, you know, I figured if you were just going to draft a special teams guy, he probably could have waited a little longer to do that. But nevertheless, uh, he's sixth here for me. Uh, who's number five for you? Okay. Number five is Will Fries. Um, I think I like the value of where you got him, but I don't know. Um, I just think seventh round, you waited the seventh round to get an offensive lineman. I kind of felt like you probably should have gone a little bit earlier, even to add some depth of the offensive line. But I will say, I do like, there's a lot I do like about Will Fries. Like I like his versatility. I like what he could bring just to the offensive line. I think the Colts got him a lot later than a lot of people expected, but I, I just, I guess, didn't love waiting till the seventh round to get a guard. So I guess it's probably less about him as a player and just more about where you got him at that point, where I felt like you could have done more there. Um, just not like overly, I guess, I'm just not really overly impressed with him as a player as well, I guess. But, I mean, he's fine. He's, I think he'll be a solid depth guy, maybe a Joe Haig guy like, like that for you, which can be very valuable. Um, but I think just compared to some of the other guys that I'm seeing, he probably – sits there at number five for me. Okay. Um, number five uh, for me is uh, is going to end up being Sam Ellinger at this spot. You know, I know Sam Ellinger may not get much of a chance to do stuff, but ultimately I get why you drafted Sam Ellinger, you know, to fill that last spot in your quarterback room. And you drafted him for a couple different reasons because you liked his mentality, you liked his personality, you liked the – guy because he was a winner he has intangibles that you feel uh can be useful and not only in games but when you you know are practicing you know you and I have been talking about for weeks after that pick was made the how Sam Ellinger is 
a lot like these AFC quarterbacks now that are able to run, can move around and and throw the ball deep with the uh, on the run. You know, it's just one of those guys that helps get the team, you know, ready to go on Sunday. So ultimately that's why I have Sam Ellinger here at number 5 for me. Now you're number 4. We're in the middle of the pack now. Yep. We're number 4 for you. So I'm actually going to go Mike Strawn here. I think I really like Mike Strawn. I mean, he's a physical freak, man. Like at D2, he was destroying competition. I mean, you said you don't think he's going to have much of an impact. I kind of disagree here. I think potentially he could have a bigger impact than a lot of people are thinking. I don't know if necessarily that means day one impact, but I think physically he's probably, including Desmond Patman, probably the most physically gifted receiver the Colts have ever taken. I mean, he is just a monster of a player monster so obviously the d2 is a concern but i look at him and i say man he is an athlete no wonder the colts fell in love with him right and you know especially (laughs) if one of these guys goes down or you're trying to round out your wide receiver room would you take a guy like a i don't even know uh you know one of those back end receivers fill in the blank there or would you take a chance on a guy like mike strawn who has so much potential as a wide receiver especially in round seven that's where you get your potential most of the time you said it doesn't work out but i like the potential here i think he has out of all these later round picks fifth and beyond i think he has the highest ceiling from a physical standpoint so that's why i like mike strawn here at number four all right, so I had Strawn as my least favorite, and you have him right here in the middle of the pack. Obviously, difference yeah. opinion there. Yeah, you had um, Ellinger really high for me, honestly. Yeah, yeah right. So. And then I, I have Will Fries here at number four for me, a little higher than okay. uh, what you had him. I understand why you know you'd be comprehensive on Will Fries, but I like the versatility that he provides. You know, somebody that can play multiple different positions and. I just think ultimately, again, where you got him uh, in round seven, I am quite surprised that this guy didn't go a couple rounds sooner. Uh, it was a really well, uh, well-rounded offensive lineman at Penn State. You know, it was pretty well accredited too. So I'm, I'm glad that you're able to get another offensive line depth piece that you feel that you can use uh, in a more versatile group of ways. Uh, okay, so. Let's go to uh, the top three picks here for us. Now, I'm curious as to how this one's going to go. I think you and I might agree with number three here, maybe. Mm. Uh, And for me, number three is Kylan Granson, tight end out of SMU. I mean, I've raved about this guy a whole lot. I love Kylan Granson, and I think he – as soon as he started having interviews and got and started talking with the media and whatnot, I think people really started to fall in love with his personality. You know, he just seems like a really fun guy. And, you know, we obviously talked with him before and he he's definitely got a lot of swagger and he's got a lot of confidence in himself. And he's even shown it at minicamp, uh, the rookie minicamp. So I, I am on the record saying that I think Granson's going to be the most impactful rookie in the first year. So and I'm, I'm going to stick with that for right now. And I'm really excited to see what Granson uh, is at this spot. Who's your number three? Yeah. See, I was going back and forth. Um, and these are very interchangeable for me, but I think I'll stick with Granson as well. I was going to go a little, a little more controversial, but I'm going to stay with Granson. I think that that's a solid guy because, you know, he might, he, we think he'll have an impact, 
like how much of an impact right away will he have? Um, I think it'll be decent, but yeah, I think these other two guys specifically have a lot of upside that is like really, really high upside. And I think that's what separates it. Not to say Granson doesn't, I think he still has a high ceiling, but these other two guys, like we talked about, or we'll talk about here. I mean, I, I just think their, their upside is just even more. It's higher for the positions they're at. You're yeah. right. And uh, it's more impactful position too. Right? Yeah, These two it are is. same position. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, all right. Number two for you. I'm, I'm curious as to who it is. It's Dio. It's got to okay. be. I mean, I love him. I mean, I don't know if you heard uh, or you saw Zach Kiefer's tweet um, when they were out there in minicamp and he just saw Dio Adangu and he's like, oh, my gosh. That man he's is huge. humongous. He's huge. He's as big as DeForest Buckner, and he's a defense. He's player. longer than DeForest he's Buckner. He's longer than DeForest Buckner, too. That's which is crazy. insane to me that that's even a thing we could say. But, yeah, I mean, the talent is there. The size is there. Everything you're looking for is there. Just the injury. And that's why I think just slightly um, – a lot of people, it's crazy to think a couple of weeks ago everybody hated this pick or not everybody but a good chunk of people hated this pick. We were yeah. shocked. I actually looked back at our reaction a couple of days ago at all the picks and the Dio one was hilarious because we were all hyped <laughs> up and they were just like, "Wait, what? I can't yeah, believe we were we just, all did just that. like uh like I mean, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't recognize the name until they showed me the fr- the film and they showed that one play that everybody knew where he just literally blew up the one lineman and then came straight in it. It looked like something Aaron Donald would do. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's how I remember that kid. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally get you. So why don't you tell us why Quiddy Pay is your favorite draft pick? Why don't you tell us that? I mean, honestly, he was kind of one of the guys that I was looking at at 21 and saying, man, if he fell, like, this is an instant impact. Honestly, some people have said – Oh, hey, you don't know if he's going to be day one starter, folks. I, I hate to tell you, he's going to be a day one starter. Like in, in in many camp that the Colts just had, he was the starter, right? And I think he's not going to relinquish that. I mean, he's just one of those guys. Like you've seen different guys that the Colts have drafted, right? You say Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman last year, mm-hmm. Darius Leonard, uh, Quentin Nelson, some of those guys where you're just confident. You're like, they're going to be a day one starter. That's the same feeling I get here with Quiddy Pay. I mean, he is just – all around, you know, slightly undersized, some people would say, from a height standpoint. But, I mean, he's just so good against the run. He's got some things he needs to improve against the pass rush, kind of his counter move. Right? And that's a big thing that, that the Colts have said he needs to work on. He's very aware of it. But he's just a guy that strikes me as an instant impact type of guy that even as a rookie is going to have a big impact on this defensive line. So that for that reason, and he's healthy, right? So for those reasons, I think that's why – Quiddy Pay, first round pick and the number one pick, I think, in my heart, and I guess in yours as well, for this 2021 draft. Um, okay, so the ultimate reason why I wanted to ask you two and one from your very beginning is because I just kind of wanted to get a feeling for yours. Um, and also because I did want to see if you're going to contradict with me or not. I am going to contradict with you on this. Oh, my word. I actually am going to go there. I am going to say that my second favorite All right. was start typing. Quiddy Pay Here, start typing from, right. the def- yep. from the defensive end from Michigan. Look, I love Quiddy Pay. Oh, I love his motor, and I absolutely love the power that he plays with. 
I think that, you know, from day one, he's going to be an instant starter. and He's going to make a great impact being on that right side with DeForest Buckner a lot. And I think that's really going to help him. But like you said, has a couple things to work on. And not saying that Dio Adangbo doesn't have some things to work on as well. I think the ultimate issue with Dio is that he's such high motor that the issue you have with him is sometimes he actually takes himself out of the play because he's going so hard that he loses himself in the play. So, like you said, Dio is longer and bigger than DeForest Buckner, and this guy is going to be probably be coming off the edge. And in some circumstances, if you know Dio shows he can play on the inside as well in on NFL defenses, then that allows you to bring another pass rush specialist on the end and put Dio in the middle with a DeForest Buckner and that that in the middle like that's that is really scary if you're any kind of quarterback that you have to deal with I just think when you look at the grand scheme of what those two defensive ends can get to I just think with Dio's potential just because of how sheerly big this guy is and the motor he plays with, Quiddy Pay and him both play at a at a very high level. They're they're very high motor guys. I just think the potential for pass rushing ability with Dio just has me slightly wanting to be ahead of Quiddy Pay just a little bit. I I get the argument of oh you know Quiddy Pay's healthy. I get that you know he's going to start the year and Dio may may not even play at all. Who knows? I I have no idea. But ultimately, I think that's why Dio for me is number one, just because when you look at the intangibles, I can't help but get excited that this guy has a three-inch longer wingspan than LeBron James. Like, I mean, that that's just incredible. And LeBron James is six foot eight and two hundred and fifty-five pounds. I mean, good lord. I can't I can't fathom that. That is just so hard for me to just ignore. So that's why well, I have him there. Here's a counter argument I would have to that. It doesn't matter how obviously size is important, but it's not the ultimate factor, I think. So like right. for me, I feel like Dio is a little bit more refined right now as a player. Everybody has things to work on coming in, right? And they still do within the league. I just think right now Dio for me, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, not Dio, uh, Quiddy Pay for me is more refined at this point than Dio. Even if he was healthy, I still feel like, I would have him slightly above because I just feel like what he does, what he lacks in maybe height or weight, he makes up for in energy and then also just in technique. So I get both sides of it, but I think Quiddy pay for me just slightly for those reasons. And I just think ultimately with a dangbo, when you, when you factor into account that he could probably play on the inside and outside. I mean, that's just ultimately why I think it's, he's slightly over quitty pay for me right now, just because of the extra possibilities you can get with somebody his size. So, I mean, sure. we'll, we'll let the comment section decide on that one. I'm sure there'll be some, uh, there'll be some good conversations for sure in the comment section about that one, but uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Who's your least favorite. Who's your most favorite. You want to give us your list of guys, you know, there's, uh, definitely some up and down situations there. I'm kind of curious to see if somebody actually will put Kylan Granson at like number one or two. And I've seen a lot of Kylan Granson uh, like fanboys out there already. Which is and great. I'd like to say I'm one of them, 
but I, I wouldn't say I'm quite that high on the fanboy chart yet. If he if he turns into Travis Kelsey, then yeah, Kylan Granson obviously will be the number one of the rookie of the rookie team. But uh, but you know that's kind of a tall order to fill in the shoes of a Travis Kelsey. You know Travis Kelsey is from UC. Really, UC is a third rounder. Hmm. I mean, so uh, you know Granson, yeah. uh, same conference. You know, fourth round guy, you know, kind of has the same intangibles as a Travis Kelsey. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe things work out that way. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let us know what you think in the comments. And as always, go Colts.